Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a mini... Mini Tuesday Night Jaw episode. Uh, I'm Jim Smallman. I'm your host. Just me today uh, because my wife is, is, I'd say, nearly ready to give birth. She's nowhere near like giving birth today. She's just, both of us just sitting around waiting for a baby to happen. Um, but because I am on uh, Labour Watch, I am sat at home, uh, so no chance to go out and get guests today. So I thought I'd answer some of your questions. Uh, don't forget. We are proudly part of the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, big shout out to uh, my lovely mate, Scroobius Pip, for letting me put my podcast on his network and giving us a platform in order to talk about wrestling. And it, this is a Q&A thing. So this is just me answering a load of questions that I've got on Twitter. Me on Twitter is at Jim Smallman. My, uh, use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw so I know that you're talking to me about wrestling and you're not just talking to me about football or abusing me and saying I'm not funny. You know, that that's the easiest way of getting hold of me. Um, but if, if this isn't your thing, this Q&A episode, um, then go back and listen to some of our older episodes if you've not listened to them before. Uh, interview with Cruiserweight Classic star Jack Gallagher, for example. Um it was two weeks ago that I chatted with William Regal. More on him in just a second. Or you could have the roundtable episode from last week where we discussed Battleground. So, you know, go back and experience some of them. They're one of my favourite episodes we've done thus far uh, since we began in April is our New Japan Explanation episode, which I am super pleased with. Uh, myself, Chris Brooker and Matt Richards just trying to explain how New Japan works, and preview the G1 tournament for you all. So go back and listen to that. You'll need about three hours, I'm not going to lie to you. This one's not going to be three hours, but I'm going to try and answer as many questions as I can. I'm going to avoid certain questions. Questions that ask me to make loads and loads of lists, because it's not fair, because I'm doing them literally as I read them. I'm doing no prep, I'm going straight stream of consciousness out of my brain. Um, uh, And also, if anything's too smarky, I'm not going to answer it, because I can't be bothered. But this is a positive wrestling podcast, so I'm not going to badmouth anybody. I'm not going to um, give you necessarily give you too much in terms of the inner workings of the company that I co-own, Progress Wrestling. So um, yeah, I'm going to avoid anything that's a bit smarky, and I'm going to try not to sort of repeat myself too much. But I'm going to try and blitz through as many questions as I can. That's that's my goal. A couple of plugs before we crack on. Um, Progress, my company, we put tickets on sale for... So our next show is in Manchester on August the 14th, and that's sold out. 
So that's the Ritz in Manchester, August 14th. That's sold out. Our next show after that is August the 28th, Sunday, August the 28th, at the Electric Ballroom in Camden. Now, that's our last show in London before our biggest ever show in Brixton at the end of September. So, progresswrestling.com slash tickets. The pre-sale is on now for uh, our next show in London, Chapter 35, which has got one of the best show titles I think we've ever used, which is uh, Writing Nirvana on Someone Else's Bag. Um, Well done, John Briley. Good show title. I think it was John, not Glenn. I don't know. Um, But yeah, the pre-sale's on for that now. Now, I'll be honest with you, there's not a load of tickets left, and often our tickets don't end up on general sale. So I'm going to sneakily give you the code now. If you want to go, progresswrestling.com slash tickets, and buy a ticket via the pre-sale. All the premium seats are gone. It's just regular seats and standing. Then the code is, unsurprisingly, nevermind. Okay? Code nevermind, progresswrestling.com slash tickets, if you want to buy tickets for our next show at the Electric Ballroom in Camden uh, on August the 28th. Our next show after that is our trip to Brixton. The Brixton Academy on Sunday, September the 25th. Um, We're going to need a bigger room again is the name of the show. Chapter 36. Uh, For that, go to progresswrestling.com. Click on uh, shows and you'll find the link because we're not handling the ticket sales for that one because obviously it's a much bigger undertaking. Um, Our friends at Live Nation are looking after that. So progresswrestling.com slash shows. Click on the chapter 36 link. And you'll find all the information that you need in terms of timing and all that sort of stuff. And you can get yourself a ticket. Again, all the premium seats have gone for that. Um, But there's no standing or anything there. It is all seated because it's such a big venue. But please, please, please try and come and see us at either one of those shows. I promise you, we'll put on a good show for you. Because that's kind of what we like to do. Right. Plugs over. Let's answer some questions. Once again, at Jim Smallman, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. Question number one. Some of these are really good, by the way. Um... Uh, from Mr. Nobody, uh, who's really called Liam, um, do you think you're going to end up with a favourite brand in the new WWE that we have? I don't know. Probably, mate. I mean, at the minute, it's at that lovely point where, where everything is exciting and feels new, um, even though it is only really a reinvention of of something and just trying to make a diverse and large roster work well for a big company. But, yeah, I think I might. I'm on the fence at the minute as to what it will be. I mean, Raw looks very strong at the minute, but then the, the first episode of SmackDown was really good as well. So I'm on the fence at the minute. I probably will. Um, but at the minute, I'm going to be good and say, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm sitting on the fence at the moment. Uh, next question, Sam Wilson. Who gives the best hugs on the Progress roster? Easy answer. The best hugs, not just on the Progress roster, but given by anybody in the world are given by Mark Haskins. Mark Haskins... Um, hugs you like, let's say you're in the Navy and you've done a tour of duty and you return from a tour of duty after two years away to a five-year-old child that you've not seen for two years. Imagine how that child would hug you and how tightly they would grip you. Now then, imagine that that child has grown up into being a 25-year-old professional wrestler who's really, really good. That's how Mark Haskins hugs you. He steps into the hug. It's a violent hug, but it's a good hug. It's the sort of hug you walk away from and go, I felt that, and I, I feel his love. He's brilliant at hugging. Genuinely, he is brilliant at it. Uh, he's brilliant at wrestling as well, but hugging is, oh, he's well good. Ian Hamilton. Um, you've got two questions. One's kind of a joke question, so I'll allow this. Uh, it says, how many people offered you a sandwich after Sunday? If you don't know what this question's about. So we were very lucky that William Regal came to our show on Sunday uh, chapter 33 and he also made a, a bit of an appearance 
Uh, he came out on the stage, and it's one of my favourite ways I've ever introduced anything because I think we're quite good at surprises at Progress. And obviously, you're probably aware, uh, Mr. Regal is both a friend and my bullying nemesis. So I was in the ring and I was doing all the normal stuff I had to announce and introduce the commentary team and get through the, the don't be a dick principle of, of being a progress fan and all that sort of stuff. And then I knew I had to introduce him. So I hopped out of the ring and walked down the aisle. And it's my favorite way I think I've ever introduced anyone. I just said, oh, I've got a mate who wants to come out and say hello. And you could hear people going about maybe 20 or 30 people out of the 700 at the electric ballroom going oh i think i know who this is and then mr eagle's music hit and people lost it and they still probably thought we were joking at that point and then he walked out on the stage and the place went bananas um so that was really good but then obviously he came out and he mentioned that uh, he was you know he and he's this is the sort of guy he is he didn't want it to be about him he wanted to come out and watch the show and this way we figured everyone would have already sort of seen him and we've already sort of acknowledged the fact that he's there rather than people nudging each other and going, I think I think William Regal's over there. So all he wanted to do was watch the show and he put over our talented roster um, and, you know, appreciated the crowd chanting his name and then took the piss out of me because that's what he does. Uh, he, he mocked my alleged comedy and he he told everybody I needed a sandwich. I'm really not that thin. He's just having a shaved head. He, he thinks I look unwell, and I'm not. I'm twelve stone ten. Do you know? I'm not. I'm not skinny by any stretch of the imagination. I wish I was. Oh God. But um, but very few people offered me a sandwich, Ian. Um, but I have had it tweeted a few times that whether or not I got hold of a sandwich. I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll let you into a little secret. Myself and Mister Regal had a kebab after the show. He's quite healthy, you know, he's gluten-free and 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 very healthy because he's still in tremendous shape. Um uh, I on the other hand did have bread as part of my kebab and I had chips as well because I just hosted a show and I was tired. Uh second question for me and um if the Electric Ballroom is the MSG of British wrestling, uh, that's your opinion in no, I, I, other British wrestling is obviously available and is obviously wonderful. Um, I don't want to make this too progress biased. Um, uh, what's the garage? Uh, if you don't know, the garage in Islington is where we started our company. I think the garage is our ECW arena, and there's a reason for this, Ian. I'm a big ECW fan, not so much the bloodletting and the hardcore stuff, and and some of some of the storylines that were sometimes done to shock. But in terms of the atmosphere and the the appreciation for big moments in wrestling that the crowd had there, and the fact that the crowd were always loyal to the company more than any one wrestler, and I feel that's what we've got with Progress. You'll see people wearing a Progress t-shirt over an individual wrestler's t-shirt, which is a tremendous vote of confidence for, for what we choose to do as a company. And, and, and one of the coolest things I think I'll ever achieve is that, that people support Progress like they support a football team. It, it, it's great. So I think... Because it's where we all came from, I think the the garage is our ECW arena because that's what I always had in mind in terms of established establishing atmosphere when we first started the company. Sam Wilson, he's best back again. Man asked the hook question. Um, you can book any wrestler from any point in history to have one match in progress against a regular. Who? What? Well, that's that's a tough one, mate. To be honest. It's really tough. Ooh. I mean, from from my own... I'm going to answer this in two ways. So my own sensibilities in terms of stuff that I love being put in a context of the progress, uh, of a progress match, I'd have Will Ospreay against Hayabusa. 
because when I was tape trading and stuff, I, I was obsessed with with Hayabusa because I just never seen a high flyer like that, and it, it's really sad he had to retire the way that he did. And I think him against Will, him in his prime against Will right now would be wonderful. And then I think I'd like to see someone like Tommy End or Marty Skirl or Mark Haskins against someone like Kenta Kabashi or maybe even Bret Hart in his prime. I think that's it. It's a tough question because there's, there's so much there's so much that I could put in there. Um, but... Yeah, I think that's where my, my brain is initially going in a stream of consciousness way. It's initially going down that route. Josh. Hey, Josh. If you could have two footballers scrap it out in a progress ring, who would it be? I can't remember if I've answered this question. I might have done this in a and a on Twitter before, but but not on Tuesday Night Jaw. Um, I actively want uh, Marcin Vasilevsky, the um, Leicester City third-choice centre-back, Fourth choice now we've signed Hernandez um, to to become a wrestler. If you don't know what he looks like, look him up. Marcin Vasilevsky. He looks like a Bond villain. He is absolutely terrifying. Lovely bloke, apparently. But completely and utterly terrifying. When he played in Belgium, he uh, played for Anderlecht. He was their captain, I believe. And he had a really horrible injury that kept him out for nearly two years that was uh, a result of a horrible, horrible, deliberate foul by a Belgian footballer called Axel Witzel, who I think is linked with coming back to the Premier League, possibly with Everton now they've got a bit of money. I'd love to see them two settle the differences because they properly hate each other. Uh, and I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Vasilevsky against Witzel. I'm aware it's a little bit of a niche one and it requires you to probably get a Google now and look up certainly who the former of the two is. But that's because there's legit heat there. You know, it's like Vader Osprey. But... But we're footballers. Next question. <laughs> Magic Sam XXL is your Twitter handle. Your Twitter name is a dilapidated boat. Bravo, sir. If you had to book the main events for WrestleMania 34, what would they be? Raw, SmackDown, and a part-timer match. Oh, good Lord. This is hard. Again, this is why I should have read the questions first. But I'm going to plough on. I'm going to do it spur of the moment. Raw main event will be Rollins against... Oh, I think Babyface Rollins against against Kevin Owens. I don't know how you get to it, but I think Kevin Owens is has the ability to be in the main event at WrestleMania. And I'd personally like to see it. Don't forget, obviously, brands can change. People are going to get moved from one brand to another at some point during this as well. Um, SmackDown, I think Dean Ambrose will still be towards the, the top of things. So, I don't know. I don't know. SmackDown's a, a tougher one at the minute. It feels... I don't know if say Dean Ambrose against John Cena. Yeah. So, I'm going to say for SmackDown. But I always think Cena's never going to be out of place. Cena. Again, I don't know how we get there and I don't know if everyone's characters stay the same, if Ambrose stays as a babyface or if, if someone eventually does the turn for John Cena. But I can't see that happening at the minute. But, that's potentially where I'd go. Um, and then finally, a part-timer match. you got to have Brock in there, haven't you? Because Brock is just, just wonderful. So I wouldn't necessarily have Brock against another part-timer because that, you know, you, you're looking at Undertaker again and I don't think we need to do that again. Um, I would potentially... I'd potentially have Brock against Cesaro 
because again, I think Cesaro can take the step up between now and WrestleMania. And I think playing up Cesaro's legitimacy in terms of the fact that he's a legitimate strongman and legitimately tough, I think would would potentially work. Either that or have CM Punk do a run in, eh? That'd be all right. If completely bananas. Uh, MJ, Battle Royal, featuring any members of Misfits, Dead Kennedys, Fucked Up and Black Flag. Who wins? Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins wins everything. You know that. Doesn't matter if, the mis- if members of the Misfits have wrestled in WCW. That doesn't matter. Um, Henry Rollins wins everything. All the time. Forever. Burak. Hey, Burak. Um, which two of your favourite cartoon characters would you like to see have a wrestling match? Ooh. That's... Um, oh, I don't know. I'd like to see Peter Griffin and the chicken from Family Guy uh, have one of those three-hour-long New Japan in late 1970s Desert Island death matches. Because, I mean, they've gradually got longer and longer the, the running joke in Family Guy. So maybe if they can do that within the context of the Desert Island three-hour-long utterly ridiculous death match, then, then that could work, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going with that. Um, uh, Craig Michael Hall. Hey, Craig. Um, he says, when can uh, me and Matt Richards, uh, when can Matt Richards watch me Emerald Fusion you on Giant Gram 2000? This is because um, I mentioned this during the New Japan episode. Uh, Giant Gram 2000 on the Dreamcast is one of my favourite wrestling video games of all time. And Craig lives near me in Chester and happens to have it. So soon, mate. Soon. Very soon. He's baby dependent, but soon. Adam Knight, any unconventional wrestling favourites or guilty pleasures? Uh, me, I love the gimmick Battle Royal from uh, uh, WrestleMania X7. Because 17 was so hard to say. I know that my, um, my sadly away at the moment, uh, business partner Glenn Joseph, loves 1999-2000 WCW. When it was doomed. Like, really loves it in a worrying way that means we should probably make him step away from the creative process a little bit um for me i like i really like watching old episodes of raw from when raw wasn't really doing good business so you're talking pre-attitude era and pre-monday night wars so you're talking 1995 when wwe kind of didn't know where it was it was in that weird hinterland of of coming up with a more adult-orientated product and still trying to appeal to, to not a PG audience, but children. So you still had crazy characters, and and and, and yet you had the occasional amazingly good wrestling match. So I think it's, I've been back and revisited a lot of those recently, and the wrestling purist in me watches them and goes, some of this is, is not good, but you'll have the occasional match that is wonderful. And also it's great to see, go back and watch those old Raws and see some of the characters that... That could really have made it. Waylon Mercy is my favourite example of this because um, uh, Danny Spivey ended up getting injured and, and retiring. But that character was wonderful, so good and so ahead of its time. And so much of Bray Wyatt is based around that character if you go back and watch it. But at the time, didn't work. Doesn't mean you can't ever revisit an idea though. So uh, that's what I go with. I think uh, Ben Owens. Would you rather fight one Great great Carly-sized Torito or ten Torito-sized Great Carlies? Um, I don't know. I, I think 
I mean, I'd rather never fight anyone, Ben, if I'm honest. But I think I'd take my chance with one great Carly-sized Torito. Because then, in theory, I mean, going by my own fighting style, and it is... I mean, it's it's an eloquent, distinct fighting style that I've got. But if I've only got to fight one person rather than ten, that means I've only got to punch one person in the nuts and then run away. That's what I'm going with. Dan Johansson, or Johansson, dependent on how you choose to pronounce it. I'm going to go Johansson. Um, he says, finishes. To what extent are they needed slash believable in the post-kayfabe semi-sporting style of wrestling? Um, I think they're important. I am a big fan of the Japanese style of finisher, certainly the old Japan mid-90s style of finisher where you add three versions, two or three versions of your finisher. You had your normal version that you'd win a normal match with. You had your evil version that you would win a huge important match with or a title match with. And then you had your absolutely insane uh, uh, Ganso driver <laughs> Um nuts completely insane finisher that you use to end the feud to end all feuds i think that's that's how i feel about them i think finishes are important they're an important part of your identity i think you need to not have too many so i think it's acceptable for a wrestler to have two two at the top three if one of them's a submission move finishes because then it's more believable that you could win out of nowhere rather than having to set up just the one move I think if you've just got one move as a finisher, it's good to have variations of it. Um, for example, Okada's Rainmaker, he's got loads of different ways he can hit it, which uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, Stone Cold Stunner had loads of different ways he could hit out of it, loads of ways he could counter out of moves straight into it. Uh, RKO's another example of it, which obviously legitimately can be hit out of nowhere. So I think if you've only got one, it needs to have tons and tons of variability, um, which makes it important. If you've got... Um, if you've got two or three, then they need to be different to to have for different situations. So submission move for that sort of situation, uh, maybe some kind of strike that can win a match out of nowhere, and then uh, and then maybe something else. So I think I think they're important. I think they're important in terms of giving a wrestler his his, ident- his or her identity because you know if someone's it's a big part of building a match. You know if someone's Marty Scales a great example of this. He's always looking to use the chicken wing, and it means the crowd reacts when he's going to try and use the chicken wing. They react to him targeting an arm and a shoulder during a match. So they are really, really important. I see what you're saying about the more competitive nature of of the business, but I I still think finishes are are a big part. And don't forget, you're listening to this, you're probably probably a smarter fan, if not a definite smart fan. Uh, I know I am, but I still like seeing finishes. And... If you imagine that you're one of the people who watch wrestling who aren't as smart to the business as we are, which is the majority of people at a WWE show, for example, are kids and families and dads and mums who don't necessarily want to be there, but their little lad or little girl likes wrestling. You need to see finishes to to get a sense of when the match is about to end or whether there's drama. It's more important for people who aren't necessarily as big fans. I think if you had everybody sort of winning with like a UFC match can be won with like a you know a, um, a, a really tricky grapple or with a out of nowhere right hand to the face then it's not necessarily going to be great at reeling in fans who aren't as familiar with the sport as we are um, Martin Halliwell why do progress shows start at 3pm is it a football reference no it isn't um, Manchester starts at 3pm uh, London starts at 4 Normally, I think Brixton might start earlier. I should probably check these facts. Um, but um, but yeah, Manchester starts at three. 
just so people, if they're deciding to come from further afield, can get home because the last trains from Manchester are a little bit earlier than the last trains from London. That's all it is. Uh, it's not a football thing. Even though the three of us are big football fans, um, myself, a Leicester supporter, uh, John, a Woking supporter, and slightly a Fortuna Dusseldorf supporter because he, he grew up a little bit in Germany, and Glenn, a meant to be a Newcastle United supporter, um, but uh, should really now be a Middlesbrough supporter for reasons of marriage. Um, next question. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed. Uh, Sam. Hey, Sam Steph. Uh, with Shelton Benjamin coming in, do you think he'll be mid-card fodder or actually have a title run of some description? I don't think it's unreasonable to imagine Shelton, who's a tremendous competitor, I don't think it's unreasonable to imagine him being... Um, being one of the smaller champions. I can't necessarily see him as a world or universal champion. I can see him as an intercontinental or a US champion over the course of the next couple of years. Don't know how long his contract is or anything like that, but he's a great addition to WWE. Just that little bit, little bit of experience and someone who always did a good job when he was back there. Sometimes Saddle with not necessarily the best gimmicks, but I think he's he's smashing and good on him. Good on him. There's a certain when you get to a certain point in your career, it's nice to see that WWE is still interested in bringing people back. People's bridges aren't always totally burned. You know, there's always a chance for him to come back, and he's done great stuff in Japan and in Ring of Honor, and now he gets to go back and you know hopefully have a, a good couple of years run there. And I'm pleased to see him back because I've always enjoyed his work. Next up, we have. Doo, 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 doo. So I, I tweeted something. I'm going from last night's questions and I tweeted something about my wife last night and a lot of people <laughs> having to filter through those responses while I get to the Tuesday night draw answers. Here we go. Um, in 25 years, your soon-to-be-born child challenges you to a match for control of progress. Oh, good Lord. If progress is still going in 25 years... Uh, this is John, by the way. Thanks, John. If, if progress is still going in 25 years, John, uh, that would be amazing. Um, I would be insane or possibly dead. Um... He challenges you to a match for control of progress. What kind of match is it? Bear in mind, John, in 25 years' time, I will be... Let me do the math. I will be 63 years old. Okay? So, my lad will be 25, and I will be 63. Whatever kind of match we have, he's winning, isn't he? There's no way in a million years I'm beating him. Unless I get really Machiavellian and decide I'm winning because it's my company. Um... I think the important thing is how is he going to win the title when he's 18? Because I'm going to be the first one. With, I mean, my daughter is 13 and doesn't like wrestling. So, you know, in theory, you know, we could potentially put her in the fourth natural progression series um, and just put her over it. No, that's not how it's going to work. It's not how it's going to work. I hope, as a sidebar, I really hope um, when my son is old enough to decide whether he likes wrestling or not, I'm never going to force it on him. I hope he likes wrestling. I hope that progress goes for a long time and I'm around wrestling for a long time and I can introduce him to it because it's it's a cool thing you know so um what kind of match will we have I don't know I think if I was ever going to have to be in a match I mean I've already taken a kick in pretty badly in a progress ring I may as well have a death match at least once so I've been throwing me through some light tubes or something like that get a big old pop for it make me have some war scars yeah let's do that Ryan Howe what's the one moment in wrestling other than the cell bump you went, holy shit, I need to show everyone. Hmm. Ah, yes. Um, Kevin Owens turning on Sami Zayn after Sami Zayn won the NXT title. Uh, I remember 
I, I stayed up to watch that. The next day, I made my wife watch it because I thought it was brilliant. And then I made my dad, who is not in any way a wrestling fan, watch it just to explain how quickly you can move a storyline around from the start of the show to an end of the show. And he got it. He got what it was about and, and why the drama was there and how it was done. Wonderfully done. Wonderful. Even down to the little details, like the little the little copyrighted come up in the bottom corner before he actually turned on him. Wonderful. The most I've genuinely been shocked at a storyline in a long time. Didn't see it coming. In hindsight now, people are going to say, oh, obviously I saw it coming. Most people did not see that coming. And it was a brilliant, brilliant moment. Doesn't always need to be a massive, massive bump. I mean, he, I mean, Sammy did take a bit of a kicking in that. Doesn't always need to be a massive bump like Mick took off the cage. But, great moment. Uh, stuff like that is more likely to pop me than watching... I've just mentioned death matches before, but watching death matches and watching really, really sick bumps, uh, I'm much more likely to be caught up in something like that that is just a, a storyline from out of nowhere. What have we got next? Do, do, do. How are you doing so far? You got a cup of tea? Please have a cup of tea. While I fast forward through all these. Here we go. Joshua Elsden. Hey, Josh. Um, what would be the most intelligent and equally the most daft way to name your child after a wrestler? Um, my uh, my child has already been named. Um, I'm not. I'm a, just in interest of our own family privacy. Not going to harp on about the our, our son's first or second names in public because we need a bit of privacy. Um, so that's why if you ever see me tweeting about him, I call him Claudio. After Claudio Ranieri, the Leicester manager. Um, he's not going to be called Claudio, I assure you that. But that's how I'll refer to him. Um, so little baby Claudio. He, I will tell you he has two middle names. Um, his second middle name is... And this is a serious point. His second middle name is Travis. After my friend Chris Travis, who passed away. Um, because he was an inspiration. And and, and I love Chris. So... Uh, and I'm, I'm always pleased that we got to tell... Me and my wife got to tell Chris before he died that that's what we were planning on doing and he, he appreciated it and thought it was really cool so um one of my my lad's middle names is travis uh, so when he arrives he will have that and i think that's an intelligent way because it means something to me it means a lot to me um and i think that's the most intelligent way to to name your child after a wrestler i mean the the worst way to name your child after a wrestler is if you're naming your child after anything that just pops you and makes it and you think is funny then you probably shouldn't be a parent really like the amount of people who've said to me, "Oh, surely because of football, you're going to call your kid, uh, you're going to call your kid Claudio, Riyad, Jamie, list of names." I'm like, no. And I've even had a couple of people tweet me and say, "Maybe you're going to are you going to call your kid Progress?" No, absolutely not. Kid's got a fairly normal name, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, if you're naming your kid Daffley, then although I did um, I did suggest the name Hulk, which was not a wrestling related thing it was a it was named because it just happened to see the zenit st petersburg the then zenit st petersburg winger um on the telly so um but yeah yeah try to be sensible when naming your kids if you have got a kid legit named after a wrestler be it silly or sensible i'm going to presume it's sensible if your kid is legit or you know a kid legit named after a wrestler then tweet me at jim smallman hashtag tuesday night job because i would love to know if that's a thing because um, that would be amazing if someone's actually done that. Okay, next up from Scott Crichton. 
Have you had a suggestion for a This Is Progress uh, match storyline that you've had to say no to? From wrestlers? Yes. From within the three of us? Yes. Have I been one of the people suggesting such a storyline? And my business partners have laughed at me and gone, that is absolutely ridiculous, Jim. Calm down. Yes. All three of us have had the others turn down storyline ideas because they've been a bit daft. Um, we will occasionally have our talent come to us and say, how about this for an idea? And we'll say no. Very rare it's because it's particularly outlandish. Normally just because we plan so far ahead, we've already worked out what is happening for the guys um, for, for the, however many months are coming up. Um, but um, but yeah, we've had, we've had a few... We've had a few. Um, uh, they will remain nameless, but um, um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to give it away. Just in case we ever have to use it. But yes, yes, Scott, we have had to. We have had to turn down on more than one occasion people's suggestions for matches, uh, and we always do it with a smile on our face. And we're not like we never tell people that things are absolutely ridiculous because the real wrestlers know what they're doing. They know what they're doing more than we do, um, and they they are comfortable with their ideas. Uh, and, and comfortable with knowing what they can do and make work within the ring whereas we think about things differently from a creative point of view in that we're always working three four five shows in advance with our storylines and, and our ideas and our plots so um it, it just makes it a little bit difficult sometimes to accept those things good question though mate well done um i appreciate it uh here we go pillow good name what do you think they will do uh, with no titles for middle level on Raw and women and tag teams on SmackDown? I don't know. I mean, in an ideal world, there wouldn't be two tag team titles and two women's titles because uh, then we're getting back to the, the problems with the, the brand split in the past. It would have been nice to maybe only have tag team wrestling on one of the brands, for example, or women's wrestling only on one of the brands. Raw's longer. So I have the women's wrestling. They've already said they want cruiserweight wrestling there. So on Raw, my solution to it would be on Raw, you would have your women and your cruiserweights. And then on SmackDown, you would have, because you've got the IC title there and everything, you'd have um, you'd have your other stuff. So you'd, uh, you'd, have your, so you'd have your tag teams there. So you have your cruiserweights and your women on Raw. You have your tag teams on SmackDown. It makes it easier to build your shows, I think. But that's not how the draft worked out. Maybe that's what they'll do in the future. I suspect what they'll end up doing is introducing other titles, which will make it things a little bit confusing. But if they keep the brand split as distinct as it looks like it is at the minute, then it could work out fine. I think they've learned from the mistakes of the um, of the brand split last time around. So um, we'll see how it ends up. Eh? We won't know until we get to the end of it, as it were. Here we go. What's next? You can change the gimmick. This is from Tom. Um... Who sent me two tweets? One to say um, good luck to both slash all three of you. Um, I presume I presume he means I presume he means me, the wife, and the kid, rather than me, John, and Glenn. But either way, you can change the gimmick of three current WWE talents. Who and what do you change their gimmick to? Oh, that's tough. I would change. Oh, you put me on the spot here, Tom. I changed Cesaro's gimmick slightly. I don't think he needs to be the, the kind of James Bond thing. Uh, and he doesn't need to be a circus strongman because that's an easy way to put him down that route because it's what he is. But I think you need to legitimise his general toughness and give him more of a fighter gimmick. It's a very, very little tweet, uh, tweet, little tweak to it. 
But I think that would just, especially because I mentioned before, I'd feud him with Brock Lesnar eventually. I'd just have that, just I think, you know. I know that necessarily the shows don't necessarily match up at the minute, but still, that's what I'd I'd do. Um, so that's one. Um, another one, I'd, I'd do something with Dolph Ziggler to just just try and give him a... I don't know what I'd do with him. But I, the kind of show off things a little bit sort of played out, and probably works better if if you're a, if you're a full on heel than it does if you're a babyface. So I try and do something just to and maybe incorporate the fact that he is a really he doesn't get much chance to talk, and he is a good talker, and he's got interesting stand up comedy and stuff like that. So I, I do think there's it, it feels a little bit like they there could be some you don't necessarily always need to have massive big reinventions with these guys but I do think that's something there that could be done and the other person I do it with when he comes back from injury is Luke Harper um, I think Luke Harper can be reintroduced in a different way it doesn't need to be his, you know his facial expressions his eyes are terrifying his wrestling skill is great if you've listened before to Tuesday Night Joy you'll know that I love him I think he's brilliant um, but I think you could do a lot more with him you can make him a, a believable psychopath who can operate on his own just you know, really try and bring him in. The, the whole is the thing. The whole um, uh, the the character I mentioned before about Waylon Mercy. There's elements of that that could work. You can still take it away from him being like Bray Wyatt. I think separating away from being a Bray Wyatt family member and making him his own entity. I think he's got a, a good future ahead of him because I think he's great. Uh, big fan of him. Thank you for that, Tom. Um, I'm aware the answer's probably not the best, but I've tried my best. Uh, right, where are we going next? Good question so far, by the way. Um, is it big? You know, I, I like doing this, and I get a lot of questions, which is brilliant. But um, I, I'm aware that sometimes, because I answer them spur of the moment, sometimes my answers might be a bit rambling. Um, Liam Bilton, we've covered this before, mate. I'm going to answer it because I'm scrolling past it. Shouldn't Tuesday night jaw now be on a Wednesday because of the brand split? No. It's always going to be on a Tuesday, because that's where we've started. There's various boring technical reasons it has to remain being called Tuesday Night Jaw now. And also, I like recording it on a Tuesday. Don't forget, it's only once a month that we really, really go delve into Raw. Most of the time, I'm talking to guests, or out and about, or we're doing, we're doing some kind of introduction, like the draft thing that we did, or we're doing the New Japan introduction, or it's me chatting to William Regal, or whatever. The roundtables, and we, we record them on a Tuesday in London, but we mainly talk about the pay-per-views. We occasionally... Last time we talk, touched on Raw a lot more because Raw was important after the brand split. Most of the time, we don't get a chance to even talk about Raw. So it's always going to stay on a Tuesday. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people, by the way, have been tweeting me. I've just noticed something on my Twitter feed. Rich Fan saying... Um, uh, he really, And a few people have said this, appreciating my description uh, of a wrestler... Um, a, few, a little while ago, which is uh, of uh, Katsuyo Shibata describing him as a guy who works in a bank and does jujitsu on the weekends. Because I, I, I just like being able to sum people up in one sentence. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to do. Um, Rob Hills, did you get yourself tested after Jack Sacksmith almost had his way with you in the ring on Sunday? I didn't. I, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's something weird about having to come home to your heavily pregnant wife. And when she says, did you have a good day? And you say, yeah, I think I was a little bit assaulted by a wrestler in the ring. She, what, what, physically? No. No, romantically. Um, Sexsmith, the longest time he's kissed me for. And I believe he clambered all over me. I, I don't know. Um, I had my eyes closed at the time. Because, you know, you close your eyes when someone kisses you, don't you? That's what you're meant to do. Um, Dan. Hi, Jim. What wrestling memorabilia do you have? What do you collect? Um, my wife will tell you I collect too much stuff. 
I don't really have loads and loads of wrestling memorabilia. Um, <clears throat> in the same way, I don't, I don't tend to have my photos taken with as many people as I should. I've met some really, really cool people since you know progress started four and a half years ago, and I very rarely have my photos taken with people. And I think I'm probably going to regret that one day. I mean, obviously, there's pictures of me in the ring with people, but it's nice sometimes to have a picture taken backstage. I don't like bothering people. And I, I, I always like trying to look like I'm a promoter rather than a fan, even though I'm a fan first and a promoter second. I um, I have some little bits. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Bobs of Japanese wrestling memorabilia um i've got a super jacob program that someone gave me the other week uh, which which i really like i have uh gary puxty i think is his name who uh, i went to raw a couple of years ago and he was right in front of the camera and he held up a sign that says i'm a jim smallman guy he then gave me that sign i got that sign signed said the word sign too much in this i got that sign signed by william regal and uh, i've got that so that's something that just means a lot to me it means a lot to me that a wrestling fan would take that to a show and mention me and progress in front of the cameras. I think that's really cool. Uh, but then I happened to see Mr. Eagle a couple of days later. So it was nice to, uh, to have our photo taken with it and have him sign it just cause it's nice to keep that sort of stuff along. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, but I don't have loads and loads and loads. I've got, I've got a fair few, uh, PWG DVDs and ring of honor DVDs from ring of when ring of honor was very new. Um, but I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at keeping it, keeping it fairly minimal i've got some wrestling t-shirts obviously i've got loads of progress ones and i've started buying other ones uh, from pro wrestling tees but no I'm, I'm i'm trying to be good desperately trying to be good alan boone hey alan what promotions other than wwe and new japan do you watch regularly uh, and good luck with baby watch thanks mate um i watch pwg regularly because it's wonderful um i have mentioned this a few times on my bucket list i'd love to ring announce for pwg just put it out there like I, it's, PWG is one of the reasons progress exists because me and John watched PWG one night in Edinburgh uh, in 2011 while I was doing the fringe and he was my manager and we loved it and at the time I don't think John had seen much indie wrestling uh, it's always been my thing 
and I, I just that's where progress came from is having a chat and saying deciding to run a wrestling promotion and it's become what it's become but pwg i'm desperate to get to a pwg show at the very least at some point in my life um uh, i watch new japan i watch a little bit of noah uh when i can um and i can find ways to watch it and i watch a little bit of lucha underground again harder to watch lucha underground in this country um i wish it did itunes please allow us to buy lucha underground like you can in america I'd love it if I could just buy it and just have it on my iPad. So the you know, season one of Lucha Underground would be brilliant just to watch, just to, you know, because it's a different type of product and it's interesting that they're trying to do something different. Um, so I like Lucha Underground. Um, okay, next. Stephen Louch or Lush, Lush or Louch? I don't know, Stephen. I don't know how you say your name. How is the three-day format of Super Strong Style sixteen seventeen? Because that's what it's got to be called, Super Strong Style sixteen, because that's the year it's in. No, that's the, the name of the... Oh, God, even I can't do it. Super Strong Style 16, that's the tournament name. 17, that's the year it's in. Going to work. Bigger roster or more staggered? Um, we made some announcements uh, with Progress yesterday. So we announced all of our dates for 2017, which uh, features uh, the fact that Super Strong Style 16, our tournament that goes over the, the final Maybank holiday weekend is now going to be three days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, which we've never done before, but the demand is there, so we're doing it. And also, we're going to start running shows, doing two shows next year in Birmingham, as well as obviously doing shows in Manchester, which we we love. People have gone, why? Less shows in Manchester. It's complicated. I can't go into the details. Um, But Birmingham is close enough to Manchester for all our fans from Manchester to come, and it's close enough to London for all of our fans from London to come. So that's why we chose Birmingham, as well as it being a cool city and somewhere that, you know, I'm only from, I'm from 30 miles down the road from it. So, um, so yeah, so, um, so we're running in Birmingham as well. But to answer your question, Stephen, um, we don't know yet. Genuinely don't know. I would suspect it'll still be 16 people. Um, We'll just stagger it like WXW do their 16 carat tournament. That's what I would suspect. Gives the guys more time to work out better matches and to be less exhausted because it's hard for them. I would rather do that than do... In my head, I'd rather do that than more people. However, that doesn't mean that my answer is correct because my I haven't spoken to my two partners about it. We don't know. We genuinely don't know. Could be either. Either way, I promise you this, it'll be a great three days and we'll, put out, we'll try and sort some entertainment out on the Saturday night as well as doing a, a live podcast or something on the Sunday night. So... We will do cool stuff in order to keep you interested. Trust us. Chris Hughes. I get asked this question a lot, Chris, but I'm going to answer it anyway. If you could book any wrestler for progress, who would it be and why? Changes every week, mate. Changes every week. At the minute, I don't know. Genuinely don't know. I'd like to book Flamita against Will Ospreay because it would blow my mind. That's the one that's this week's in my head. Next week, it'd be Shibata. Week after that, it could be Cedric Alexander. There's so many names. There's so many names. Uh, and I'm always realistic about it. I mean, if I could have anyone, anyone at all, anyone at all ever, prob- probably probably CM Punk or Daniel Bryan. Um, but uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, that, that, will be, that will be where I go if I could do anyone ever. But at the minute... Those guys I've named. Yeah, cool. Gareth Deadman. He's not dead, but he's called Gareth. And from his Twitter avatar, has a good beard. Um, Two questions. You cheeky, cheeky, cheeky freak. 
Um, <laughs> which veteran would you like to see come back to WWE as a manager and who would they manage? I already think, Gareth, they're doing brilliant things with Bob Backlund and Darren Young. I love Bob Backlund. I mentioned this on the roundtable. Read his autobiography if you haven't. It's great. It is wonderful. Um, so, I mean, that that is already something that they're doing. So I don't know if they would... Ne- and obviously Paul Ellering's in NXT as well. So I, I don't know if that's necessarily something they would look to do. However, who would I bring back to manage if I could pick anybody at all? Do you know what I'd like to do, Gareth? I would like to have Shawn Michaels manage and mentor somebody. I, I don't know who. See, I think it could be... It could be really interesting to have him manage. Maybe Dolph Ziggler. Mention Dolph Ziggler needs something. Maybe him. In a kind of, in a kind of grizzled kind of yeah. Look, me and you are very similar, but you need to follow in my footsteps better. Let me teach you. Let me show you the way and teach him a few little underhanded, devious sort of things and and add a, a bit round out his character a little bit as well as giving us a reason to see Shawn Michaels is always great to see. So that's yeah, that's maybe where I go with that. Um, your second question, Gareth. Does Tommy N go straight into the main roster or into NXT to fight Shinsuke Nakamura for a while? Um, I don't know what, what's planned for Tommy, to be honest. Um, I mean, should Tommy end up over there? Um, I don't know. I would imagine I would imagine now, it, the, the time, and this is a general answer to this question, the time for anyone to just go straight onto the main roster, I think, AJ Styles, it happened to AJ Styles and it happened to Shelton Benjamin because he was there before. Uh, I think they're exceptions. I think most of the time people are going to end up at the Performance Center and they're going to be trained the WWE way, which is different to independent wrestling. It's different to wrestling in Mexico or Europe or Japan or Britain. So um, I think everyone's going to end up in NXT. And also as well, don't forget, because of the brand split, people are going to get called up from NXT all the time. So go have that conveyor belt. Uh, Rory Guild. I'm going to presume presume your name. Rory Gold. I'm going to presume presume your name is pronounced that. Rory. The reason being that I had uh, I've got a mate with the same name, and it's pronounced. He pronounces it Rory. Apologies if I've got it wrong. Uh, Celtic, I believe. Good name. What have you thought of G1 so far? Enjoyed it, mate. It's G1. Uh, if you know nothing about G1, go back, listen to the R New Japan slash G1 special. Get educated in it. Sign up to New Japan World. Watch it because it's belting. Um, I've enjoyed it. I mean, there's bits of it that have properly surprised me, and I don't want to give you any spoilers, but there's a couple of matches where I've gone, who went over? What? But it's been it's been cracking. Been really, really good. And it always is. It is a global showcase of how good wrestling can be. If you like that, the, the stiff, realistic you know, stuff, then it, it, it's worth it. Um, but I've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it, Rory. Tweet me. Let me know if you've enjoyed it. Rude of me not to ask. Um, next, Charlie Eastman. Hey, Charlie. Do you listen to any other podcasts on a regular basis? And if so, who? Uh, obviously, because I'm on the Distraction Pieces Network, um, I listen to Scrooby's Pips Distraction Pieces podcast. Occasionally, there's wrestling-related stuff on there. He's had Chris Jericho on and Will Ospreay. But obviously, his guests are all over the place, from the, the world of comedy that I inhabit. So, so many really cool people on there. Um, and even though he's a mate, it's great. I can listen to him all day. Do you know what I mean? It's His podcast is wonderful. In terms of wrestling, I listen to Chris Jericho's podcast. I listen to uh, Steve Austin's podcast. I listen to, and have listened to for ages, Art of Wrestling, Colt Cabana's 
wonderful podcast, which is tremendous. I've listened to it for, uh, uh, I think, at least a good couple of years, where I, I discovered it and then binge listened to it. Like, really went crazy binge listening to it. And I got all the premium episodes and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I love them. I think they're they're wonderful. Um, just tremendous, uh, tremendously put together and, and, and really cool to listen to. Um, and, you know, I listen to things like uh, MLW and stuff like that. I, I don't always just listen to wrestling podcasts. I like stuff like Serial. And uh, I like Mark Maron. Uh, I like podcasting in general. I think podcasting is is the future of audio broadcasting. I think radio is on a, a limited um, uh, it's on a limited time now before radio becomes pretty much obsolete and everything's just on demand. So, you know, I think on demand audio will come before we're totally on demand in television. I think we'll still have broadcast television, but I think broadcast radio is going to depart in maybe the next four or five years because podcasting is getting so strong. So, um, yeah, that's my answer to that. James Lee Clover. Uh, Rollins versus Balor who wins at SummerSlam Rollins I think love Balor to win because he's a mate um, I love him to win I love them both they're both great guys but I think Rollins wins I think Rollins wins because he's a heel and it's it's always since um, Triple H has been involved in WWE it, it feels to me that it's always been heel champions over, heel champions seem to have longer runs than babyface champions. And to be honest, it's easier to write towards because it's always easier to write the chase than it is someone who's already popular sort of staying there. That's a real challenge right for a, a babyface champion. So I think I think Rollins wins. I think. But I think it's screwy as anything and it's probably to set up something else. I mean the other alternative is Rollins is getting cheered so much by the time they get there that Finn actually forms the 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 new the the new uh, version of Bullet Club, and wins the title that way. But I think uh, I think Rollins. I think this is Balor's first shot, and then come start of next year, I think he's going to be he's going to be in line for it again. What we got next? Uh, Chris, I never I've never asked you, Chris, how you pronounce your name. Chris, either Line or Linay. Um, uh, Daisuke Sekimoto for Super Strong Style 16 in 2017. Don't know, mate. Genuinely, not even thought about who we're having yet. You know us. It won't be import heavy. Um, just as an aside, bringing people in from Japan is a proper pain because people in Japan have contracts that they, um, they're they not independent workers as a rule like American guys are. So you have to negotiate with their company they work for as well as the wrestler. And um, flights are super expensive from Japan. Uh, and then you have the language barrier and stuff like that. So the, it, I love Japanese wrestling. Bringing Japanese wrestlers to progress is a bit trickier than you would actually think. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Sekimoto is... Brilliant. If you've never seen the work of Daisuke Sekimoto, then I recommend you go and look him up. He's great, especially if you like heavyweight wrestling. Um, but at the minute, don't know, mate. Genuinely, we, we've not... We've got Brixton to get through, and we've got the rest of the year that we're working on at the minute, um, but we've not necessarily thought that far ahead yet. There's a couple of names in the back of my head um, that I'd love to get, but I'm not going to take who they are. Because uh, you've got you to wait and see. Um, what's next? How are we going next? Bear with me a second. Um, Scott Murrin, were you at all worried that Will Ospreay would have to miss Chapter Thirty Three because of his injury? Um, I believe he missed a show in Newcastle. I want to say on Friday or Saturday night. Um, Will's got a bad shoulder. Will hurts everywhere. If we're being honest, 
Um, he's he's only 22, and he's he takes a bit of a hiding. There's a lot of sitting on planes for him at the minute because he's super successful. When he came into the show on Sunday, he's got a shoulder injury, and he was holding his arm in front of himself. I'm like, mate, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'll be fine to wrestle. And he was, and he had a wonderful match with Mark Haskins, one of my favourite matches of the year that we've had. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I was never worried because um, the, as soon as he announced he was missing a show, we were like, are you going to be okay to wrestle for us? And he said, I should be. And then I trust him. I trust him. He knows his body. Um, but but yeah, the, the guy was hurting. And he's the sort of person who hates pulling any booking. Any booking at all. And you know, I'll tell you this, pretty much every wrestler in this country, if they have to pull a booking, it's for a legit reason. Because they are hurting. Because it's wrestling is not a fun job to do. When you're out of the ring and you're not getting the crowd cheering you, the rest of the time when you're having to train and your your, your body's hurting you, it, it, sometimes it isn't fun and sometimes you have to listen to your body and have a rest and that's what he did that day uh, and I did after the show I made a point of sitting down with him and saying look you try and take the rest of this week off and have a bit of a rest and not, not go too crazy or do anything and I believe he was planning on having a few days at home just chilling out and resting so good for him but I, I'm sad for the people who missed out on seeing him up north delighted we managed to get him to wrestle for us but you know he's I, I was never worried Once as soon as things like that happen we ask people the question and go are you going to be alright because I don't like having to announce on the day that someone's injured um, I'd like to be able to come up with a contingency plan but in that situation um, we didn't have to worry about it he was fine to wrestle for us whilst still definitely not 100% that's for sure where are we next? Scott Murren. Um, here we again, Scott. Um, with so many British guys in uh, Battle of Los Angeles for PWG this year, which Americans would you like to have for Super Strong Style 16 next year? Similar question to the Daisuke Sekimoto one. I don't know. I've got... In my head, there's probably a potential list of about eight people, but I don't want to... I want to play poker with it a bit here, Scott. I don't want to... I don't want to give them away. Also, I want you guys to be surprised when we announce people, which is why I always not sort of do that. I mean, you, if you... If you follow me on Twitter and, and you hear how I talk about independent wrestling, you'll know there's there's people I like. Uh, but it's not just my decision. It's three of us. And it's down to other people's diaries and other people's contractual oblige, uh, obligations and stuff like that. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I'd love to be able to give you more, but um, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, Dylan, Dylan Sharp. With more companies in the UK popping up, has it been a bigger challenge to book talent for dates than before? No, it hasn't, Dylan, because we um, tell our talent our dates a long time ago. So we announced our 2017 dates. We announced our 2017 dates this um, this week publicly. We've known them for a month. So everyone who we expect to be using in 2017 knows when they're wrestling. You know, and 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 um, the way we do bookings is we'll get people to pencil in when they're working for us and then if we don't need them we'll tell them a good few months in advance because that's how far in advance we work um so we think about it like that the the biggest problem for us in terms of using people is when guys are getting successful and getting the the recognition that they deserve and they're going out to america and japan that's when it makes it difficult will in particular it's you know will's appearance for us on sunday was the first one for us since march and the reason for that was that he's in Japan all the time we can't use him he has New Japan commitments and if you know if we were running a show the same weekend of as Battle of Los Angeles we would be scuppered because you don't want to turn around to our British guys and, and say you book for us and you've got this big opportunity so it does make it a little bit tricky with um, 
with people being um, uh, being in demand overseas because it's hard to compete with a trip to America. You know, even though we we look after people and we try and uh, try and be one of the friendliest, most approachable companies for wrestlers to work for, if you say to someone, oh, you could potentially have a week in Japan or a week in America, or you could work for us, it's a bit difficult. What is really nice is that a lot of the time people will put us first, which is super cool of them, but we also don't want to st- get in anyone's way. So the, the sheer amount of companies in this country, not a problem. I do, and I've said this before, we will reach a point where there are too many companies in this country. Um, we... Most companies in this country run, you know, are, are good companies. I mean, you think like four and a half years ago, the, I, I think the the genesis of of where wrestling because I get say people get people say to me a lot, oh, you're responsible for British wrestling being great. No, I'm not. No, it's no. Progress is one company out of several really good companies that has enabled British wrestling to be fertile. So, and we were not the first at all we came along when british wrestling was bubbling under quite nicely and we started and then all of a sudden about six months after we started everything went a bit mad um so it's not it's not just us you know it's the the companies that have been around for a while like like us now because we've been there four and a half years icw in scotland pcw in preston Southside all over the place rev pro in london um is there any more ngw in hull um companies that have been around for a bit and you know we've we've all worked uh, future shock obviously friends of the friends of the show you know these are all companies that have been around for a bit uh, ipw fpw down south too all been around for a bit and we're all you know um we've all kind of got used to working with each other it's all the additional companies that kind of sometimes makes the diary a little bit complicated but equally with us i think and it's probably the same with icw i think a lot of the time um and PCW run on different days to us, and uh, I think a lot of the time people will look at, at diaries and go, right, well, well, Progress are running on that day, so we'll run on a different day. That's certainly what happens amongst the bigger companies. We all kind of work around each other and make sure, which is one of the reasons we announce our dates early, is so that everyone else is aware when we're working and they can they can make sure that they can get as many people for their shows in the same way we can make sure we get as many for us. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a complicated juggling situation, but... Because British Wrestling is doing so well, there will be smaller companies that will pop up and maybe only last a show or two. Um, and fair play to them for trying, but there's going to reach a point where there's too many companies. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking I might start a wrestling company, maybe don't. Maybe maybe try and get involved with a wrestling company instead. Maybe invest your money in a wrestling company that's already going and make that company better rather than starting a new one. Because at the minute, <laughs> there's tons of us. And I think we've... If you're if you're planning on starting a company in the next two or three weeks, you're probably all right. But six months down the line, if it goes at the rates going, you know there's going to be there's going to be a wrestling show every two minutes, and El Ligero is going to be really really busy. Dave Higgins, what's a bit of merch that you know would never sell on mass, but that you would personally love to own? Oh wow, oh I don't know. Um, I'd like a progress duvet. Yeah, let's make that happen. John Briley, make that happen. Jay Breezy, make that happen. That's what I want. I want a progress wrestling. It's got to be a double duvet as well, because I'm I'm a winner and I'm married. Charlie Eastman again. Um, do you think that with the success in Lucha Underground, that intergender wrestling will become a thing in WWE slash New Japan? Um, no, definitely not in New Japan, because as you probably noticed, there's not really women's wrestling in New Japan. Women's wrestling in Japan is is normally done in separate companies. Um, so definitely not in Japan in WWE maybe but 
no. I mean, I'm not a fan. Mass. I, I don't mind intergender wrestling. I don't mind it. But I'm always aware of of offending people with any violence towards women. So I've always got that in the back of my head. Because don't get me wrong, women tend like all the women who've come through Progress's school all trained with the guys. I've watched them wrestle guys at training. There's something very different about how you contextualize women wrestling men. If you make it that it's done as strict competitive, a, a strict competition, so um, so people are they're wrestling the woman is wrestling a man because she is on the same competitive level as him, which is completely legit. I'm totally cool with that. If you start if you start giving any intergender thing any form of kind of slightly sexual overtones, then I'm really against it. I hope that makes sense. Because um, it's perfectly legit that uh, that a woman could batter a bloke, especially how well trained a lot of women women's wrestlers are. Perfectly, perfectly believable in my eyes. It's just when you start getting any form of creepier overtone into any intergender wrestling, to in order to tell a story that I'm not a fan of it. Hope that makes sense. Uh, do do do. What's next? Uh, Alistair Dyson hey Jim if you could film a fully funded documentary on any promotion in history who would you pick I would pick I mean part of me wants to pick All Japan in the mid 90s because it's my favourite one of my favourite periods of wrestling however I think I'd make it on FMW in Japan Just I'm fascinated with Japan anyway I, I, I love the place but also FMW was all over the place as a promotion and had a, a, a a weird sort of uh, financial structure and the matches that they had were were crazy and they had some pretty, you know, big, frightening things happen on their shows. So I think FMW. Yeah, I think that'd be it. I mean, my, ideally, I can be I can do the voiceover for it or the presenting for it and someone's going to pay for me to go out to Japan to do all the research as well. I mean, that'd be, that'd be sweet. Liam Stevens. Will there ever be a costume gimmick that will ever win the big one? Uh, either title like the bunny in WWE no Liam no um, unless the person in the costume it's a one off person in the costume wins the title or wins a Royal Rumble or something like that and then it's revealed to be someone who is storyline suspended that's the only way that's ever happening it's never happening I don't think unless you count Justin Thunder Liger as a costume because that costume was given to him in order to entertain children so I don't know, but I don't think like a, a rabbit. No, unless it's Tommy Ann's rabbit, that'll win. Um, Wilson Wilson, great Twitter name. Volvos never die. Um, kickouts from finishes being the norm. It's not really the norm. It's the norm on big shows. Like finishes shouldn't be kicked out of on Raw or SmackDown. Finishes shouldn't be kicked out of in every independent show. So otherwise, they're not a finisher. It, it, the the use of kicking out of a finisher should be reserved for a match that is big or important. But I get where you're coming from. It does feel more common than when I was a kid, let's be honest. Is there still room for a shot roll-up or pin from a lesser move? Absolutely. I'll give you an example. Progress show at the weekend. The London Riots, our tag team champions, had to, had to use a roll-up, and it turns out from watching the footage, a sneaky handful of tights, to beat War Machine. Because it's the only way they could beat them. That's all. That's the only way they could beat them. Sometimes opportunism works really, really well to get over the competitive nature of a match. You do it in every match, totally get it, not right. But every now and again, in the right context, a roll-up is a perfectly acceptable way to finish a match. 
I'm never going to be a fan of having him in every match. Good God, no. But it is acceptable for a surprise reason. I likewise think a pin from a lesser move is also worthwhile if it plays into the context of a storyline. Let's say you've been targeting uh, your opponent's head for the entire match and you know after they've kicked out of repeated finishers, you hit them with a rolling elbow or a super kick and that's not necessarily your finisher, but that's the thing that makes them crumple to the mat and you can pin them. Yeah, totally get it. Totally, totally get it. What have we got next? Uh, Sam Green, I've just started following New Japan. Do you think they have too many titles? Should they remove any? Because of our Japanese wrestling big shows are structured, Sam, I think they've got the right amount of titles. They maybe don't need the six-man one. But I think the Never Openweight one, fine. The Intercontinental title, fine. The, uh, the, the IWGP title, fine. The Junior one, fine. The Junior tag title, fine. The main tag title, fine. I mean, it's a lot of titles, but... It means that just means people are defending them all the time, and it gives everyone a place in the card. You got to bear in mind they don't tend to have the sports entertainment storyline builds that we have. So I think having the titles makes more sense in Japan than it does in America. If Raw had that many titles, it would feel weird because you wouldn't be able to build the storylines. But Japanese wrestling is structured differently, so I think I'm fine with that. Um, Josh Lawless, favorite overseas talent you've had on Progress shows? Genuinely, everybody we've had over has been a joy. Uh, joy I think oh, it's really difficult it's like choosing between children mate I think uh, just a, it's between oh, it's really hard I think it's maybe between <coughs> excuse me it's maybe between uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Chris Hero um, purely because they're the people I've spent the most time hanging out with um, I loved having Samoa Joe over loved having Finn Balor over uh, uh, love having Roderick Strong, Adam Cole, uh, War Machine this last weekend. It, it's really hard. Not going to lie to you. Really hard. Matt Cross is a cool dude because straight edge of me and him got on. Uh, Sammy Callahan's great. It's really, really, really difficult. But I think because um, in the case of Tommaso, he is obviously he's on our Brixton show against Zack Sabre Jr. and he's got a bit of a history in our company. And because Chris Hero had four matches for us, I think they, they're probably between those two, I'd say. Right, nearly at the end. I've got a few. I've got a few more. We, uh, we, I've answered this, uh, Daniel Ellis. I've answered your question about new tag and women's types of SmackDown already. I think um, Jack Richardson may have been answered before. How is the stage slash ring setup going to work in Brixton? I have answered it before, but I'll answer it again for you. There's a flat floor going in. Okay, so there's a flat floor going into the Brixton Academy, like they put for club nights. Flat floor will go in, and then once the flat floor's gone in. Excuse me, that's my phone ringing, but I'm not going to answer it. So I'll answer it in a bit. So the flat floor goes in. And then once the flat floor goes in, the ring is kind of half on the stage, half on where the flat floor has gone in. Then there's slightly less seats around the back of the ring. And then obviously the majority of the seats are the balcony and the main part of the floor. So that's how it's going to work. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's not right in the middle of the building, if that makes sense. Uh, the Josh, who's the next NXT champ? Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, mate. I reckon. I think, don't you? I have no issue if Joe keeps it for forever, but I think it's Nakamura. Uh, Daniel Ellis again. If you could pick one band to do the WrestleMania music style slot at Brixton, who would it be? Uh, Kid Rock. I'm only kidding. No, it wouldn't. Um, I maybe asked Pip to do it. Um, I, I don't know. 
I mean, it's difficult because my musical sensibilities are very different to the other two lads. But my musical sensibilities are probably the closest to us as a company and our fan base. So I don't know, really. I'd like Gallows to do it. Or um, Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes, because that's just an album I really enjoy at the minute. I mean, if we're going to go really stupid, then just get Metallica to play for whom the bell tolls for me to walk out. That'd work, wouldn't it? It's totally fine. Um, Joe Atherton. Hey, Joe. Does it annoy you when fans jump on a finish not realising it's building to a resolution at future chapters? Not really, Joe. I mean, I think most of our fans, if they don't like a finish to a match, I think most of the time they realise that we are probably... We've built trust up with our fans. And even if people do complain and go, I don't like this. I don't like this person losing. I don't like this person losing a title. I don't like how this happened. Do you know what? It just proves that people care about our product. I'd rather have that than people just going, meh. So I'm fine with it. I think... 90% of Progress fans in particular um, realise that we're, we've we got a plan with what we're doing. And it's the same if you're watching WWE. If you're watching WWE, you're watching something that never ends. There's never a season finale. It's never going to stop. So, you know, just enjoy it. They're going to get to something that you like eventually. That's the way I look at it. But in terms of being an indie promoter, we work further in advance than most people. And we have more storylines than quite a lot of indie promotions around the world. So, trust us. We've done something. It's always for a reason. Always. Everything is that well thought out. Trust us. You know, you it might might be the next show, might be ten shows down the line that something pays off, but trust us, we know what we're doing. Next question from Dan Johansson again. Reigns versus Rusev. Getting a lot of love online, but I think it's doomed to fail with Roman Reigns as a face. Thoughts. Um I I don't think it's it's necessarily doomed to fail I think Roman Reigns is in a difficult position as we discussed repeatedly on Tuesday Night Jaw he's in a difficult position in that he is essentially a heel the the difficult part of this is you can put him in against anyone who's got any form of babyface sensibility and he will make the whole make it a lot easier but in WWE management view him as a face everyone else including himself I think views him as as a heel which makes it a little bit tricky what I would say is, this is, if you want to flip it on its head, this is Roman's a great opportunity for Roman Reigns to actually just have a really, really good feud, be really, really good, and start winning over people who are a bit sort of the naysayers about him. Because I like Roman Reigns, and I've said this a few times, I think he's unfortunate in that people are really giving him a bit more grief than he needs to have. But it is difficult the way he's positioned at the minute because he is getting booed, and we can't deny that. Future Shock Wrestling, at Future Shock Rest. Uh, when are we going to get you along to one of our shows? Soon, people. I promise. You're only down the road from me, Stockport and Warrington and places like that. And I, I promise I'll be there soon. It's just, it's really difficult at the minute. I'm a very busy man. Uh, and, you know, prego and all that. But I will be there soon because I love watching wrestling. I, and it goes, it, it, there's any, if you ever see that I am working somewhere and there's an indie show on the weekend I'm there, then whether you work for the said promotion or you you are just a fan of that promotion, invite me along. I'm happy to buy a ticket. I love watching wrestling. And also it means I get to watch people that we could potentially use at Progress. It's great, isn't it? Oh, um, what have we got next? Simon Bath. What title reign in all of wrestling ever do you think was the most important? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? Um, Hulk Hogan's. Hulk Hogan's first title reign when he beat the Iron Sheik. Because that took wrestling to the stratosphere. If that had never happened, would I be here now as a, as a wrestling promoter and someone doing a podcast about wrestling? Who knows? I don't think you can look much beyond that because it's 
nuts. I mean, whether you like Hulk Hogan or not, as a, as a person, not particularly keen. Uh, as a wrestler, not particularly keen. In terms of knowing his importance to how wrestling grew, you can't deny it. So I think that's it. That first Hulk Hogan title run, when he was a superhero, that that brought so many people on board to wrestling and just made it a different, an entirely different uh, environment for everybody. Right, nearly at the end now. I have answered a lot of questions. So what are we at now? Here we go. Uh, do 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 do. <laughs> Joe Atherton again. The Universal Title is a pony name. Can you come up with a better, more fitting one? No, Joe, I can't because I've tried. I tried on the last the last round table. It's difficult. I know a lot of people aren't necessarily a fan of it, but if you think about it, one's a world title, the other one's a universal title. It kind of makes sense, you know. And they do use the WWE universe. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of people aren't keen, but I can see the thinking behind it. And it's like doing a maths exam. I'm giving WWE. They could have got two marks for this. I'm not giving them a mark for the name of it, but I'm giving them a mark for showing their working. Do you see where I'm coming from? That's what I'm coming up with. Uh, have we got any more questions? I think we're right near the end of this. Um, <laughs> Burak Sezgin, which soft drinks would you use to do the Steve Austin toast? There was a match, and I, I forget which match it was. It might have been when Will won the, the Progress title. I forget, and someone threw me a beer in the ring, and you could hear 700 people at Progress going, dude, you're straight edge, you're not going to drink that. Of course I'm not. I'm going to do the cheers thing, but then I'm going to hand it to someone to drink the drink for me. Um, at the minute, uh, Soda Folk Cream Soda would be my answer, Burak. Soda Folk Cream Soda. Um, that, please. They sell it in the diner around the corner in Camden. If someone wants to bring me a can at the next Progress show at the end of August, that'd be great. Uh, Laz. Can we get real Keith Lee, that's his Twitter handle, over for the next Atlas series? Uh, Big Lads Wrestling is awesome. Um, I will watch some of the work of, of Mr. Lee. Um, I've already said, yeah, who knows? I don't think there'll be an Atlas series. Obviously, this is crowning an Atlas champion. But, you know, Atlas champion is going to need challengers, so I'll have a look. I'll have a, I'll have a watch. It's the best thing I can do. Uh... <laughs> Wilson Wilson has asked again, top five morbidly obese wrestler pushes in historical professional wrestling. Uh, I, I did say yesterday, I can't do lists because I will be here forever. Um, but but if we're thinking about morbidly obese wrestlers, let's all have a good moment to think about Bastian Booger, shall we? Shall we all have that? Shall we do that? That's good. Um, Connor Pape, do you think NXT should have a secondary title? If yes, who do you think should be the first holder? I don't, Connor. Because I think that they only have an hour-long TV program. Uh, so the title gets defended maybe once every two or three shows. Their women's title gets defended maybe once every two or three shows. The tag title gets defended once every two or three shows. They don't need another title. They don't. And also I think with their roster being so fluid and people not necessarily being there for ages and ages and ages, I don't think it's as important to have a secondary title as it is on the on the bigger shows, as it were. I mean, it's, it's a good thought, but um, but no. Uh, I think, I think no, and that's it. That was your, you were the final question, Connor. I mean, you came in after the one o'clock deadline I gave out, but I answered it because that's the sort of person I am. Um, thank you for listening. Hopefully, I answered all your questions. If I miss some, it's mainly the vagaries of Twitter, or I just didn't want to repeat myself or give too many people questions that I answered. Um, uh, so apologies. Um, just tweet me, and I'll probably answer it on Twitter. Um, once again, the plugs: progresswrestling.com/tickets. 
use the code NEVERMIND to get the pre-sale tickets for our show, Chapter 35, on August the 28th in Camden, and then progresswrestling.com slash shows to get tickets for Chapter 36 in Brixton, our biggest show ever. Over 2,000 people will be the Brixton Academy watching independent professional wrestling. Um, me on Twitter, at Jim Smallman. Why, my website jimsmorman.com i should have over the next week or so my show that i filmed the other week my girls my edinburgh show from last year i should have that available for sale um uh, at some point i'm gonna do it pay what you want so you can technically download it for free or you could chuck me some money to go in the baby fund up to you that that's what i'm gonna do uh so that's gonna happen at some point in the next couple of weeks so follow me on twitter for that uh on facebook uh it's facebook.com slash jimsmorman comedian and this week, my gigs, uh, baby permitting, are at the Glee Club in Nottingham, should you want to come along and say hello. Remember, if you ever do see me at a comedy gig, just high-five me. I'll know you listen to Tuesday Night Jaw. Uh, and also, keep telling people about the podcast. We've gone way over 50,000 listens since we started now, which is amazing. 50,000 downloads, sorry, not listens. 50,000 downloads since we started, which is crazy. That's thanks to you guys. So please keep telling people about the podcast. Keep recommending it. Keep reviewing it and rating it on iTunes and all the, all the various places where you get it. If you need an easy way to tell a friend about it, I've set up a little page on my website, jimsmorman.com slash TNJ. It's got all the links to all the downloads, the list of all the episodes, all that jazz. So point people in that direction. jimsmorman.com slash TNJ. There's all the various ways you can sign up. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Next week, baby permitting, hopefully I'll have another Tuesday Night Jaw Meets episode or something else special rather than just a Q&A. This is just a stopgap. Thank you for being patient while we have a baby. Um, and I'll see you soon. All right, thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you in a bit. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.